Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. It's all in one place and it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recreating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available now on Spotify. Of course, they're optional. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, the Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking and to get the conversation going. With Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including podcast ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Listen, ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it has truly taken my show to a whole new level, especially with having the options like the video podcast, the Q&As and the polls, and has let me be creative in a completely different way and connect with my audience in a completely different way as well. So I highly recommend that you give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters app or either go to the website, which is spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Hey guys, welcome to the Girl Techno Podcast. I am Shawnee Sanders, and today I'm here with Valerie Maskin, Maxim, and she is the author of Maximizing Life. She is a life coach, high performance life coach. I can't wait for you to explain that because I really want to know what that means. And we are just going to get into how you can unleash your inner superhero, build self-confidence, and really live the life that you want to live. Valerie has such an amazing story, and I really want you to just jump into your story because I think your story kind of like resonate with a lot of women in terms of like just going through life and the challenges that we face. So please tell us about you. Thank you for having me on today. Um, yes, where to begin? Um, I guess I'll just go back to when I was 12 years old. That's mm -hmm. kind of the, the main point that I can go back to, to where I can see things started to unravel. And that's when my dad passed away. Okay. And I was with him when he passed away. So that was oh, a very, sorry. Uh, I watched all that. And then we never spoke about it the next day. It's like, he's here mm. one day, he's gone and life just went on. Yeah. So as you can imagine, a girl gets her self-confidence mainly from her father. And mm. so at that age, you really need a dad, a father figure. And I didn't have one. And by not discussing and healing from that, I internalized, and I remember in sixth grade walking through the halls in school, I started having panic attacks, but at the wow. time I didn't know that's what, what it was. Yeah. I just remember like walking through the halls and like, okay, am I like, what's wrong with me? Is something, you know, like I would just feel outer body, my heart palpitating, feeling like yeah. I'm dying. Yeah. And, and I never told anybody because I didn't even know how to explain it at the time. And so when that started happening, I really started internalizing and in, I was not comfortable to make friends and talk to people because like I'm weird, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> that's what you, you thought, know? right? Yeah. That's what I thought like, okay, there's something <laughs> wrong with me. Like this can't happen if I'm with people. They're yeah. Think what is wrong with her? And so I just kind of went through high school. I never dated, never had boyfriends in high school. Mm. And, um, so you can imagine my self-esteem just wasn't there because I just yeah. felt didn't deal with my dad's death, just didn't have those experiences of getting asked to dance like all the other girls did, never made yeah. the dance team like I tried out for. And and so the, like pretty much the first guy that wanted to date me um, lived down the street. I was all about it because I'm like, gosh, somebody wants to date me. And I was super excited. The only thing was is um, he had already been in out of jail multiple times and he had already mm. been lots of rough things and crime and different things. And, but I overlooked it because I'm like, oh, but he he's so good to me. And I got yeah. pregnant. 
Yeah, yeah. we normally overlook those things. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm pregnant and, you know, I come from a Christian family where everybody's mm-hmm. married and you just do the right thing. So yep. I, ma- I married him. And that was a very toxic 10-year relationship. I have three kids who are my blessings, absolutely mm-hmm. love my kids. And mm-hmm. um, that only ended. I was I was to the end fighting for that relationship. That only ended because he, he tried to kill me. Oh, wow. And, um, and so I had to get out. Like, I didn't have a choice. Like, it just yeah. went from worse to worse to worse. He began getting into drugs. And it was just like, okay, I'm, I have to leave. So I was able to leave. But within six months, I was already married to somebody else who was a long-distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And I married him and, you know, that was also, a, it, it wasn't, it was, it was not a good relationship for me in different ways. Like it just, mm-hmm. he was older. My kids didn't like him. He didn't like my kids, which is a whole different wow. set of issues. So come to age 44 years old, I was almost a month from being 45. I ended up leaving that relationship because I was having panic attacks every day. It was just, it was not like, I'm going to. I either leave or I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to make it. Like, I'm going to die. Like, I can't, yeah. I can't stay in this. How long were you in that marriage? Um, both of them, if I had to look it down on paper, were like between 10 and 12 years. Mm. So it was, um, you know, I, I tried to make it work, but it just wasn't. Yeah. It just wasn't the right relationship for me. So when I left, I was, um, obviously it wasn't easy because I, I didn't have another person when I left. And mm-hmm. I, I just, um, I was like either... If I'm going to live, if I'm going to make it, I have to leave. And I didn't know how because I was a stay-at-home mom my whole life, so I never worked. Mm -hmm. And and that was very hard to get out of that relationship and leave, but I did. And on my journey, which I didn't realize then, the only thing I was thinking at that point was, okay, who's this next man I'm going to marry? Because, you know, I need (laughs) someone like now. Like, I need to find someone like now. Yeah. And my counselor brought me back in because we've been in marriage counseling in that relationship for a long time. And he's like, I worry for you because you, you don't even know yourself. You don't even understand, you know, love or self-love. And I worry that the first man that's really good to you, you're going to just fall for. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to take some time to, to heal. I didn't like hearing that. You know, I was like, yeah. okay, whatever. You know, I'm <laughs> like listening, but not listening. And, yeah. and, and, and long story short, that is what happened. I'm now eight years still single, dated mm-hmm. one time in the last eight years. And that was just a two-year relationship that was just as bad as these. Yeah. So I guess I'll say all that to say, you know, we can become victims and be like, yes, look what they did. Look what he did. Look what he mm-hmm. did. He did this. He did that. He got someone pregnant. He cheated. He, all these things. But my bigger question was, why did I allow it? Mm, you know, I'm yeah. this common denominator here. Why do I keep allowing this? Why do I keep attracting the same type of men? And when when I could just turn and be right, we could have a conversation all day long on what they did to me. And we could yeah. be, girl, you're right. Oh, girl, I got it. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't help me at the end of the day. That doesn't help me to have peace and joy and happiness and love and, and be free, right? Yeah. So I really had to take time to figure me out over the last eight years. So when I wrote my book, it's really on things that I learned over the last eight years when I got alone with myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that's very hard for a lot of women. I had never been alone, high school married, alone for the first time at 45 years old. Like, that's scary. Like, you yeah. know, you're like what do I do? Like, do I go to dinner myself? How does this yeah. a movie myself? I mean, you know, just all the things that you're learning about yourself. And um, I have to say it's, it's been the most rewarding. Like, I wouldn't change it today for anything. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like downplay it. It was the hardest thing because there's been many moments of tears and crying and seeing friends on Facebook that divorced after me. They're already remarried. They're traveling the world. They're doing all yeah. these things. And yeah, like, yeah. That's not fair. Like you know, yeah. I, I, like where's mine? Where's my person. Where's the yeah. one trying to do all these things? And but it wasn't my timing. Because it wasn't till and just recently, like that I have literally healed. And when I say healed, it's like I have forgiven everyone, forgiven myself, which was even harder. Mm-hmm. And I live with a joy and a peace and a knowing that you know I'm a queen and what I deserve and my self love. And when I said that earlier, like the bigger question was why did I allow? I look back on that and I allowed it because I had no self love. I had no yeah. self-respect. I had no self-awareness. I just took the crumbs. I mean, it was like, I just took what I could get. So I, you, you actually, people treat you how you allow them to treat you. And yeah. I didn't realize that. And so 
I allowed it. And I allowed it because there was no self-love in my life. I had never really heard the concept of self-love. And when I did hear it, I just thought, okay, that sounds really selfish. Mm -hmm. That's what came to my mind. And, and I found about self-love like right when I divorced by a life coach and I really played it off. I'm like, okay, we can talk about other topics, but I love big. I get big. That's just who I am. I just, that's, I had the whole self-love thing wrong. Like I just, didn't understand what that really meant to have self-love. Yeah. And, and so, go ahead. And that's probably, I think, what a lot of us probably don't really know what self-love is. You know what I mean? And I guess sometimes we think self-love is loving others, you know, through the hardships, through, you know, not, you know, what I think is so brave is that you recognize that these two relationships were not working for me. And I need to move on for myself, my kids and everything in order to be better and to live better. Because I think so many of us as women, especially we stay in relationships, you know, like you said, you try to work it out. You want to see the best in this person. You want to see it work out. I myself have done that too. stayed in relationships when I know I should have left. But because I love this person, I want to see them feeling, you know, I want to see them be great. And I'm, I was in a space of like, I want to prove myself to them. You know, I want to show them that I'm the one that can help them. I'm the one that can really be there for them and love them. And I think mm -hmm. it's so brave that you're able to see that and say, you know what? I have to end this. It might not be easy. The world is not going to be easy. It's going to be painful because no one get in marriages to leave them. But if it's right. not working, then this is what I have to do. I think that's brave, like super brave to do that. You know, looking back, it wasn't easy. And, and, I, and I'm really careful how I talk about my exes because mm -hmm. I really don't want to talk bad about any, any of them because even the guy I dated, because looking back on it, I just see that's where they are at in their journey of life. Yeah, exactly. And, and where I'm at. And so like when I, we just kind of were on different le levels. And so everybody has their own journey and their own time to learn things. And as I've Recently, I've realized through some things, I put together a group for some women called Queendom Hood Living mm -hmm. and helping women understand what it means to be a queen and how to live like a queen. And when you're trying to attract your king for these things, for single women out there, um, this really helped me when it came across my path was I've dated boys. I've dated people that are, that are, maybe they have men bodies, but they haven't healed. They haven't gotten past their childhood things or, yeah. you know, so they're like a 16 year old in this body and yet i could see the good i could see the potential i could see all the things that they have within them to bring yeah but that's just not where they were at and so when you are really at a place in life that you take care of yourself and you find self-love and you're whole you know it's, it's amazing because you're grooming yourself for the king kings mm -hmm. pick queens and you know yeah. way back in the day whenever you know <laughs> they would take the girls before the king and be like you know have all these girls come before the king and who he's going to choose yeah you know, oftentimes they took years grooming those girls, mm -hmm. you know, how you walk, how you talk, how you take care of yourself, how you act, how you show up, how you feel about, you know, how you feel about you and just all the things. And so if you're single and you're at a time, but you want somebody, I just really, for me, it helped just working on myself because yeah. you take that time instead of being like, oh, poor me, why is everybody else getting to date and be married? Well, it's just maybe not your timing yet because yeah. you don't want to rush it. And when it does become your time and you've healed and you've gotten to a place that you're like, okay, I am like ready. I'm ready to attract my king. I've put the work in. And when you go on dates, you're, you can easily, and I've just recently started dating and I've been on a few dates here and there, great guys, mm -hmm. you know, but they're not my guys. Yeah. And then I know that. So going in it before, I would always be like, oh, but he has this, 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 and this. I can't let him go. Like I need to, yeah. I need to make this work. But now I'm able, because I do have that self-love, I do have that boundaries, I do have the bigger picture of knowing what I want and don't want, that I'm mm -hmm. able to be like, you know, you're a great guy, but this is just not the right fit. And, you know, some of them are happy to stay friends and some mm -hmm. are not. But when you know yourself, you're able to stand up for yourself and you don't just yeah. cave. That's true. You know, it's so funny. I remember before I got married, I got married later. I'm 48. I got married at 43. And I was in that same position. I was seeing all my friends get married. They got married very early, like in their thirties and stuff like that. And I was sitting there saying to myself, well, when is it going to be my turn? <laughs> What's yeah. wrong with me? Why I'm not finding anybody. <laughs> and everyone else is it's just me. It made me think about when you said that about looking at other people and seeing all your friends, you know, enjoying life, getting married, having kids. And I'm sitting there like, Am I ever going to, is it ever going to happen for me? 
You know what I mean? And so that's so funny that you said that. It just reminded me of that. And it's so funny. Like, why do you think now, you know, self-love now is such a big journey with women now and it's like i guess back in the day you know it wasn't really like that you know we just kind of like women accept the relationship they were in it was more so about family you stayed in things just to make things work um a lot of people stayed in things just for the kids you know and other reasons or just because like you said there were stay-at-home moms and they really didn't see any other option for them but now mm -hmm. today it's like it's such a huge thing among women it's you know particularly women about self-love and self-care and taking that time to heal because you know i just wonder what do you think that is now like why is it so big now i think times have changed i mean if we mm -hmm. look back not even that long ago women used to for the most part stay home yeah. You know, yeah. they weren't, they weren't out in the workforce. They weren't mm -hmm. out, um, you know, building their dreams and doing things, you know, they were, it was just a different time. And when times change, things change, you know, mm -hmm. so it's like, you have to kind of evolve with the times. And now most women you talk to just how it is both husband and wife work in a household or yep. they both have their careers. They both, um, I think it's just a different time, like you said. And yeah. I think it's also people. I don't really know like how to say it, just taking the time, I guess, to really realize that there's more to who we are as a person than we just like follow this, what you're supposed told you're supposed to be do. Like, you know, yeah. okay, you graduate high school, you go to college, you get married, you work a career. You do. And I think now people are realizing that they're hitting these milestones, but they're not happy. They're yeah. Not happy. But you said, if I go to college and graduate, I'm going to be okay. And then they, they're not happy. And then they get their dream job and, not happy and then they mm -hmm. get married and they're still not happy and then they have their first child and when i say not happy there's still something missing right there's yeah there's yeah. still not like fully it's not there yeah and i i believe that's because we need to when i say i, I love to talk about unleashing your inner superhero when i talk yeah. about that in my book but i feel like when you don't know who you authentically are like there, there's always that void missing. Like, but when you can truly be you and know who you are and you're just at peace and you're just happy, you know, you're walking in your purpose, mm -hmm. um, whatever that is, even if, even if having to walk in your purpose is a side job to your main job, it just is, is something that's fulfilling because we all have a purpose and a reason we all have yeah. gifts and talents in us. And I have found when I found my gifts and talents in my purpose, that's when it was like, my goodness, I might not have all the financial things that people think is success. Yeah. But what I have money can't buy because I am truly, you know, people will talk to me and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm like getting goosebumps. Like, <laughs> but, I, but, but it's taken me eight years of really like diving deep every single day into listening to podcasts and people mm -hmm. and investing in myself and getting my own coaching, um, you know, to get there. But I think um, a lot of people just really are searching for something more. Yeah, happiness is, I think that's probably key is that now people are thinking more about being happy versus mm -hmm. just being settled. You know what I mean? Right. What they have, they're thinking about their happiness a lot more. Let's talk about unleashing your inner superhero. What does that mean when you say unleash your inner superhero? Cause I mean, I love that. So what does that mean exactly? So that just came to me like, you know, again, I've just taken a lot of time to myself and I've just tried to, through my journey, sometimes when you're then trying to go back and explain to people what mm -hmm. you went through and how you're, it's like, how do I even explain that? Like, how do you <laughs> even like make people understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I, and I had a vision of like this, um, superhero just launching out of my, my heart, my spirit, mm. just launching out, launching out into my, um, out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. because yeah. that's where change happens, you know, yeah. and it launches with fire and it just, it just goes and you're, and then you're just all of a sudden you're out of your comfort zone. What do you do? It's like, mm -hmm. okay, we can either cave and cry and run back home or we can face the challenges, face the things that come. Maybe I don't yeah. like being single. Maybe I don't like my job where I'm at. Maybe I don't like my financial situation, but we all have, we all can change that we all have within to change it i mean you can it might not be easy yeah it's possible to create the life you want to live but sometimes you have to take a time out and be like okay i'm going this way i need to stop and when i say unleash the inner superhero that also means unleashing the authentic true you like yeah. if we got down to the very core of who you are on every level in no apologies like you mm -hmm. are unapologetically 
free to be you, your mm-hmm. gifts, your talents, your voice, you matter. We have to get out of this thing where we're comparing to everybody else. And we get on social yeah. media and we start comparing and she's a better life coach than I am. And she speaks better than me. And no, when yeah. you, I have found when I have gotten in my lane of living and I have gotten to a place that I am being true and authentic to me and I unwaveringly let me be me, even mm-hmm. if I mess up, even if I fail, I learn from it. Right. But I am. Yeah never going to compare. In fact, when I see other life coaches and speakers on my page, I'm very quick to reach out. Awesome job. You did great. Yeah. Because, yeah. Because it, I don't want to ever have, I don't ever want that feeling with anybody that we're competing because we're not, because yeah. we all have something unique to bring to this world. We all mm-hmm. have a different message, a different style of bringing it. Some people won't want to listen to me, but they'll want to listen to the next person. Yeah. You know, we all have true. people that we listen to and we're like, Oh man, they resonate with me, but that person, you know, I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. But at the end mm-hmm. of the day, don't ever, and I've realized I will never, um, I will never change who I am to be a different style of speaker or this or that or the other. I will keep learning and, and growing. Yeah. I, I've made a promise to myself in my friendships, you know, mm-hmm. even when I start dating from day one, I am myself. But, yes. I mean, sometimes that pushes people away because I'll ask questions and, and I'll you know, do things and I, and I tell them right up front. I'm like, I'm going to be me. Like, you know, you're going to like, I'm not going to like wait six months to try to be me. Like you're going to get me from day one. And this mm-hmm. is who I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, play down because I think like growing up in the years that I grew up, kids were meant to be seen and not heard. Oh yeah. And yep. so it's like, you know, you had a thumb on you and, and we got, we got spanked. I don't know. I got spanked like every I got, day. I don't know. I got, I, I got spanked like every day. So when you're, when you're constantly like having a thumb on you and don't say that, don't do that. Don't wear that. You're getting spanked. And then you get into relationships like that, mm-hmm. you know, with men that don't wear that, don't do that. Don't talk like, and, and then you wake up at 45 years old and you're like, who am I? Like, I yeah. don't even know because I have been told my entire life what to do, what to say. Can't Not do to this, do. Can't yeah. Do. And when you can take that time out, and that's why when I wrote my book, I kind of went through the stages of when I was just surviving in life, mm-hmm. to thriving of, of the things that I went through to get there. And um, it's very freeing and it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. And I feel like it's a journey for the rest of your life. You're, you're, you're either growing or you're, going, you're either going forward or backwards. There's no staying in the middle. So it's like you want to invest in yourself. And even now when I can, I still do life coaching classes and I plug in yeah. Tony Robbins things, different things. Cause even though I'm a life coach, I still need to be coached and we don't take enough time to invest in ourselves. Like, Oh, that's too much money or, Oh, that's too much this or that. But really you are your longest relationship. You should be yes. investing the most in you <laughs> because you live with you forever because nobody's guaranteed. I don't care how great your relationship is. Life happens. Things happen. Like you're oh, yeah. guaranteed. So yeah, you need to invest in you. You need to, my goal is every day to be a greater version of myself. Mm-hmm. Like that is my goal every day. Be a greater version of myself. I'm human. I mess up. I have days that I feel down. It's not always, but for the most part, I mean, I am very adamant about the words that come out of my mouth because yeah. words create worlds. So I might be thinking a lot of things because I'm having a really rough day, but it will come out of my mouth. I actually have trained my brain that the opposite comes out. It, you know, it could be like, you know, I could be having a financial stress over something and I'm like, yeah. money comes to me in expected ways and unexpected ways. You know, my needs are met. And I will tell you, it always works out. You will never hear me saying, oh, I don't have, oh, I can't do. Yeah. It's, it's just amazing how our words, if you look at people that speak negative all the time and you look at their lives, mm-hmm. not judging, but you just look at it like for what it is, yeah. you'll be like, wow that really lines up or you it look reflects at people, it. Yeah. You know, that are always, you know, it's like, Oh, she's so positive. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I choose to speak out what I want. I choose to speak that out and, and, you know, be the light and, um, and, and know there's always a way it is possible. Yeah, no matter what your is. goal is, it is possible. It's so funny. People think that the people are always positive and oh, they're just so annoying. They're always happy. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, that's what everyone should strive to be. We should strive yes. to be happy, you know, yes. with what we have and just growing. And I like that uh, what you just said is that you are your longest relationship and you need to invest in yourself. And I think that is so true. And I think a lot of us don't really take that um, 
we don't really do that very much, you know, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to life coach. Even I consider life coach and I'm like, oh, you know, what is the life coach going to tell me this? So I even had doubts myself, but listening mm-hmm. to you say that, that you are your longest relationship, it makes so much sense that you would invest in yourself, have people in your life that can see a different perspective from you mm-hmm. because when you're the only person you're you're consulting mm-hmm. when it comes to your problems you know right. what i mean and you wonder why <laughs> things yep. are not really working out the way they are mm-hmm. so what made you get into life coaching well first of all when i divorced like i said i say 44 mm-hmm. 45 because it was one month in between the two so people yeah. kind of want them to get like well, you said 44 it was 45 but right there <laughs> yeah um, i had went to a friend's house and a life coach was there and i didn't i'd never heard of a life coach mm-hmm. what does that mean like i don't even know what that means yeah and um and so i was so broken at that time that i wanted to know more because i had been in counseling for 10 years in my previous mm-hmm. marriage and i'm not down in counseling there's a place for it but yeah i needed something different and so life coaching is basically a good life coach provides a, a, a let's say an hour of quiet space i do it through zoom Okay. I like someone mm-hmm. to have their pad of paper on the other end. So, you know, if you have your little quiet space and you're, you can cry and do your little thing while you're writing or whatever, your stuff down. And we go through things that you might feel stuck on or just, you know, why have I not been able to get past this? Why do mm-hmm. I still have these beliefs about myself? Why do I, I can get to where I make 50,000 a year, but why can't I break that barrier? Why can't I make more? Why, why do my relationships always just seem to be okay and not great, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so a good life coach is like a good attorney. They ask good questions. They listen. First of all, you have to listen, a lot of listening. And then you just start provoking the questions. And as the person starts talking, it's like they, the answer is usually five to seven questions deep. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're going through isn't usually what you're going through. How you're feeling is like, okay, then we, then we start figuring out, okay, well, why do you feel that way about that? You know, well, how does that make you feel? Well, and you just, we just keep t- tearing it down until we get, we hit a, a moment of, an aha moment and you're like oh whoa okay you know and then yeah. it's life-changing because you figured it out i didn't tell you mm-hmm. i have this none of my belief system in it i am just asking questions and i'm guiding you yeah and i'm coaching you and it's kind of like an onion we, we peel one some sessions we might only peel one layer off then we might have a session that like 10 layers come off and you're like mm-hmm. oh my gosh i just gotta go home and lay down and rest because this is a lot <laughs> like i don't even know like what just hit me but we just opened a beehive you know we just yeah. opened up the whole nest and everything's coming out exactly yeah i need to process yeah. i need to figure this out because i never thought about it this way and um in this healing takes place you know it's like because we all have things we yeah. all have traumas we all have things we've been through and you know like i said when my dad passed away at 12 and i, I watched him pass away i was very angry at 12 years old about that i mm-hmm. i didn't address it i didn't um i just went on like like it like he left me that's how I, that's how I processed it. I never went to his grave site to visit. I didn't want to, I just, it was just angry. And so yeah. at 50 years old, when I was doing a bodybuilding competition, I had a, um, a photo shoot by his cemetery. It's pouring down rain in Houston, terrible weather. Mm. And something said, you need to go, you need, you, it's time for you to heal. You need to go to your dad's grave site and have a moment. And I did not want to go, mm. did not want to go. I was like fighting it. I'm like, it's down rain and and i don't even really remember exactly where his stone's at and that means i gotta call my mom and my ego is in the way i don't want her to know that i'm gonna go like you know how this pride up like yeah you know, <laughs> just being honest <laughs> yeah and so i get out there and literally I, I the second the tire hit that um that the the um, place he is buried at literally tears like mm-hmm. like i've never ever ever I don't even know if I can cry like that ever again. I don't even know where that came from. Yeah. I couldn't even see uncontrollably. I'm like, all of that emotion had been living inside of me mm-hmm. all those years. Because you never dealt with it, you said, right? At 12, never you never talked it. about it again. Never yeah. It. So I went 38 years. Wow. Thinking, you know, that they say time heals all things. Well, I have to disagree because that didn't heal anything. Mm-hmm. And then looking back on it, I realized I created patterns. So my dad passes away subconsciously I learned when anything traumatic happens in my life I immediately put it under the rug like it didn't happen mm, and we move on yeah yeah so when you start dating men I start dating men who you know one of them like would cheat on me yeah I would immediately put it under the rug and be like where are we going to dinner let's go to a movie let's play yeah. vacation yeah I would act like it did not even happen because well then they started to realize oh she's not getting upset over this like I can keep doing this because so again I treated I I 
let them treat me certain mm-hmm. ways, right? Because I was not healed. Yeah. Was it their fault? No, it, it's equal, right? Because I'm sitting here allowing it, they're doing it, but yet I don't know how to stop it. And it's, it's all like intertwined. So through my life coaching, I was able to go back and unravel this onion over about a seven year, you know, it was took time because I, yeah. in my own, started figuring it out. But um, it's like, oh my goodness, this is why it's so important. If I can help the younger generation understand yeah. like, you know, healing and forgiveness is not necessarily for the other person. It's so you are free to be open in, in not create these patterns and, yeah. and, and live your best life and, yeah. um, and move forward. Yeah, I think that's part of it, too, is that we do think about when it comes to relationships and heartaches and people have hurt us and we the healing part was like, oh, you got to forgive them. You got to forgive them. And they just in that space where you're like, I don't want to forgive this person for what they did to me. I want exactly. them to suffer. I hope they're over there suffering. Number one right now. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they're having a bad day, you know? And yeah. so it's like, that's that part. I think of the journey of healing. That's difficult. It has to be a difficult hurdle to get it over. Is. Cause I'm, I know I'm probably it still is. holding on to some. It is. And when you get there, anger. Then when you get there, you realize, you know, as you mature in your healing process, you realize we're all broken people. Yeah. And some of us choose to heal and grow and some don't. So some are going to stay teenagers in a, in an adult body for the rest of their life. And, yeah. and it's just who they are and where they are. And, and I don't know that they necessarily went out to say, I'm going to purposely hurt her, it, but it yeah. just happened. Right. And so yeah. I have to look at it as, as a different way and, but also know, I know what you did to me, mm-hmm. snake, you bit me. So I'm not mm-hmm. going back. I'm not mm-hmm. going to go back and get bit again. Cause I know who you are, mm-hmm. but I'm also going to learn. And when I go into my next relationships, I'm not going to forget these lessons because you know, it's like you, you do it once you learn, but then you keep doing it. Then you're like, okay, you know, you have to at some point wake up and be like, I'm not, that's not okay. Yeah, you do. You really do. So let's get into the book. Maximizing life. What made you decide one to write the book? You know, it's one of those things I knew in my heart for years that I would write a book. Yeah. I've known in my heart that I'll be a public speaker and be speaking on stages all over. Mm-hmm. Um, that still is to come, but you know, yeah. it's, it's manifestation. Just <laughs> it's just one of those things. I don't know. It's just kind of like when you know something, you know it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I put writing the book off for a long time. And I think what really pushed me into writing the book is I dated somebody, like I said, I've been divorced eight years now Yeah. and about three and a half years ago, I broke up with someone or he broke up with me mm-hmm. and, um, that was a two year relationship. And I thought that man was my world. It was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, God, you gave me everything. And then some of what I asked for. And, um, and, and it was just like, I, was, I just put everything into it. But, but the thing was, he wasn't reciprocating everything back. He lived mm-hmm. an hour from me. And I didn't know during that whole two, two and a half years, he had multiple relationships going on. Mm, and yeah. so it, it came to an end when he was dating two of us for like the last six months. And we found out about each other. And it was very hurtful. It was a very, very painful time for me. And I was crushed. I yeah. mean, crushed. Like, I mean, you could have just like, taking me out and buried me. I was crushed. I'm like, okay, I don't know how, I don't know if I'm ever going to recover from this. Like this was like too much. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm like, okay, you know, I knew I had, had wanted to write a book and I knew I had to, I knew my calling was for a bigger purpose of all I've been through a life to, to uplift, empower, educate, and help people. Yeah. It's my true passion, my mission. It's who I am. I've always had that in me. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just, after that, I'm like, okay, I need to get back to doing what I'm called to do. I need to get back to figuring out how to be the authentic me and figure mm-hmm. out well, how and why I keep attracting the same type of men. And that's yeah. what I, even though I started my journey eight years ago and I had that little hiccup for two years in there, it was like, I really learned through that process. Like you're still not healed and, yeah. and there's things you still have to work through. And this is why you haven't found your man and you're not mm-hmm. married. Cause if you were to marry him, you would not be happy. Yeah. And, you know, I would have thought I would have been, but looking hindsight, it wouldn't have lasted mm-hmm. all the stuff that I went through with him that he did to me. Yeah. But my stubbornness is like, I'm a person that when, um, I'll see 10% in somebody and that's all I focus on. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you know, 
they were they made me dinner and and you know for my birthday they they bought me a present and you know you, I just look at these little things that are important but I don't look at the other 90% that's like okay um <laughs> yeah red flag red flag red flag what are you thinking yeah and so in writing my book I'm like okay it's time and I wrote my book it's a, I'm self published I did it all myself and again oh in school, I, in school, I will tell you, I, I have ADD and I mm-hmm. have something, I don't want to say dyslexic, but mm-hmm. I say sometimes things backwards or, mm-hmm. so I passed reading and writing with a D minus, like, mm-hmm. like it, yeah. was, it was so hard. So for me to even think about writing a book was like, okay, Valerie, what are you even thinking? Like, you don't even know how to like grammar, punctuate, like yeah. you write a book, you couldn't even write a report or, you, you know. <laughs> And so it was always one of those things that I battled with. Like I knew I needed to. Yeah. And um, so I just, I just finally started writing and I hired a company to help guide it. Mm-hmm. And in the process of hiring that company, paid them thousands of dollars. Um, I found out they were out of another country and it was all a fraud. Oh, wow. So I, I had, I had to choose, do I stay writing my book? Mm-hmm and self-publish it and figure it out and buy software to edit the best I can mm-hmm. and just get it out there, get the message out there in my first book yeah, as a learning experience, or do I cave? And I knew, I knew my purpose was to write this book in my book has helped has touched many men and women and teens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not really just, even though I talk about women, I've helped and talked to as many men and teens as I have women. Um, so I had to do it. So another, that was another learning moment of, okay, do you persevere and keep going forward or do mm-hmm. you quit and cave because nothing is lining up like it's supposed to. Yeah. And I really yeah. rewrote my book three times because really? the, first time, the first time I wrote my book, I wrote all the dirt in there. Oh, he, he did this to me and he got hurt. It was like a tell all book. And he did, I mean, I just like was, but looking back, I was healing. Yeah. You know? And then I was like, okay somebody reads this book, they're just going to be like, okay, poor her. And that's not the message I'm trying to get out. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to help people realize that we all go through hard, hard things and trauma, but it is possible to heal and create the life you desire to have with some intention and some work. So then I wrote the book another time. I'm like, kind of wrote it with my fitness journey. And that just didn't resonate, right? I'm I'm writing it and I'm like, my fitness journey is not my purpose. My, Mm -hmm. My fitness journey was my therapy. I did bodybuilding competitions as therapy. Yeah, um, that was my outlet. It's not really what I want to write my book on, although I'll answer questions on it and talk about it because it's part of my journey. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start writing um, the, the process of how I believed I healed, mm-hmm. how I was able to reach goals, and then um, give people like a 30 day challenge to try yeah. to see, you know, if they can implement something, see what kind of um, outcome they get. And then I let my kids, um, I let my kids share a little bit in the book because I had no clue when I started. So I started my life coaching journey seven years ago through the John Maxwell program. Mm-hmm. And, but I wasn't ready to start life coaching. So I've only been life coaching like the last two years. Yeah. When I started life coaching, I contacted my kids right now. My kids are 20, 28, 31, 32. So they're older. Yeah. And I, and they had been through a lot because of me. And so mm-hmm. I asked them, I said, okay, I'm going to start life coaching through Zoom, but can I start life coaching with you? Because I want my family to be as whole as possible and healed before I go help other people. Because yeah. I want to fix home before I'm going, you know, I want to have things right here. And then yeah. I can go share. And, you know, I learned a lot in that moment because as a parent and your kids start sharing things, why they were on drugs, in jail, mm-hmm. doing things that they did. And then they want to put some blame on you or different things. You yeah. Know, you want to real quickly say, no, that's not how it was. Yeah. But, yeah. But I had to bite my tongue and let each one of them talk because they're not going to heal because everybody sees things differently. You can be in a family and go through the same trauma and you can talk to all everybody in there and everybody's going to have different takeaways. Yeah, that's true. And so yeah. they're, they heal differently. They, they, they process things differently. Um, they read into things differently. They might read into something that wasn't really there, but that's how they processed it. And that's their belief. That's what, that's what, that's what they're holding on to. So I had to be a big person and let it all down (laughs) and just be like, okay, listen. And I really learned a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot from my kids of 
the importance of as parents, we might not think, you know, they're young, they're this, they're that, they don't understand. They pick mm-hmm. up on so much that you don't even understand and they carry I believe it, with it. Them, and they don't even tell you. And you might be wondering, why are my kids doing this? Why are they acting this mm-hmm. way? Why, why are they having this issue, that issue? Um, and they'll, they'll never tell you. And so yeah. for me, I just feel very blessed that my kids opened up and some opened up more than others. And I was able to just really like, you know, my son in the book, you know, he's like, mom, he said, my two options at that time were, um, I was going to be killed or Mm. the prison because the pain that it caused me watching you hurt was greater than any pain I could do to myself. So I was just hurting myself to try to numb the pain. Like he was explaining in his way mm-hmm. why he was acting out that way. I, I never, ever knew that. Knew like, that. I never knew like, you know, you were hurting that bad because of me. And, and he's like, cause he couldn't stop me from these relationships and he couldn't help. And he felt helpless. And, and it's like, wow, okay. You know, that's, you know, and so I, whenever I did divorce, you know, it wasn't like right away. Mm-hmm. But as I began to heal, I never said a word to any of my kids. I just went on my journey of healing. Yeah. And every single one of my kids, by watching my example, have all healed just by watching me. Not a word I said to them. Wow. And so it does show that, you know, they are watching and mm-hmm. they see, and they see me getting out of my comfort zone. They see me writing my book. They see me helping people. They know where I came from. They know when I couldn't even get out of bed and my panic attacks and depression and yeah. pillows over my head. I'm like, wake me up in a year. Like I, I can't even function. I can't even show up today. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I have nothing in me. And so that's been a huge, um, for me, that was like, wow, my kids. Um, so again, had I dated somebody in this last eight years, sometimes we don't understand. We don't understand why, the things that we want aren't, aren't happening. It's, and I believe for me, it was because of just little things like this. Like my kids needed, yeah, my kids needed me, my kids needed to see me heal. Yeah. I needed to show myself that I can make it on my own. Like, you know, all of those things. So it, it's, it's never, um, life. What I have realized truly happens for us. It's not to us. It's for us. For us. Doors close and things are shut off and somebody breaks up with us or things that are out of our control. Looking back on those moments, those, every single one of those moments, life happened for me, like in a better way. It wasn't like, oh, this is happening to you. Like, you're just like, you know, like you just not doing anything right. Your life is just, you know, you're, you're cursed or something, you know, yeah. but it was happening for, for me for, for the better. Like it was yeah. happening, you know, for me to grow and to go to the next stage in life. And, and that's not easy. Growth is not easy. Growth hurts. No. Hard. It happens in the dark. It happens by yourself. You just want somebody to come in and help you. And yes, like, this hurts. You this is not fun. Yeah. I promise you when you get through it, as hard and as dark as those days get, it is like there is, there's sunshine coming. There is yeah. sunshine coming because every storm does not last forever. The sun is coming. <laughs> growth is, growth is scary. It really mm-hmm. is. It does pushes you out of your comfort zone. It's so amazing. You said when, with your kids. And I think a lot of time as parents, we always, we never really we think we're making the best decisions for our kids, but oh, yet yeah. we're not really focused on how it really affects them because we're thinking, no, this is the best decision. Mm-hmm. And I had a recent conversation, a recent episode about, um, I've been listening to a lot of conversations about single mothers raising young boys and how their emotions are, you know, put on their children and just, you know, listen to some kids talk about being raised by their single mothers and maybe how it affect them. And at one point I was more so like, well, after listening to you, at one point I was more so like, wow, you know, when do we take accountability? When do kids take accountability for their own actions? But now listening to what you said in your healing journey with your children and being brave enough to say, okay, you know, I'm not going to say a word. I'm going to listen to what they have to say, you know, because their story is their story and their journey is their journey. Now it makes me think about, okay, you know what? Maybe that was the wrong take I had on that conversation where (laughs) every person, listen, I mean, seriously, listen to this right now. makes me feel like every person does see things differently. Mm -hmm. Um, Parents sometimes parent each child differently because that's just how it is. Each child can't be parent the same Mm -hmm. and everyone has a story and how things affect them is how they see it. And so you just put me onto that. You just brought my, you just opened my (laughs) eyes to that. When I first first went to write my book, I didn't want to write it because I knew people were going to come back and say, that's not how that happened. And I was going to hurt feelings. 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and in fact, when my mom first, you know, heard me talk about how my dad passed and we never spoke about it and how it affected me, yeah. she really got upset. And mm-hmm. when I went over there, we went on a walk and I just let her kind of, she wasn't yelling at me, but just yeah. let her vent her, yeah. like, you know, tell her side of the story. And I just kept my mouth shut because there were so many times I wanted to interrupt her and just let her talk. <laughs> and then when she was finished, I said, I'm. I'm glad you shared that and mm-hmm. you feeling like you're a bad mom and all this for that is obviously something that you might need to look into on healing because this is my story. This is my yeah. journey. If I'm going to heal and if I'm going to grow forward, I can only heal on my feelings. I can only heal on what, uh, how I perceive things and how I took things in because I don't know how to heal on what you're telling me your story was because that's not what's in here. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, as hard as that is, it's like, okay, maybe you didn't mean that. And maybe, you know, she said her counselor told her to keep life as normal as possible. Mm-hmm. And so she was a young mom yeah. and I don't have any hard feelings towards her. I know she did the best she could. I know she loved us as much as, you know, she could love us. And, yeah. um, and so now she has my blessing, you know, now, <laughs> now I have her blessing. Now she's like, okay, I get it. So even yeah. through my healing, my mom has found healing. That's my family good. has found healing. So it, sometimes it takes one person just to stand up and just start healing and, and just being and not really saying. And, and I look around and I'm like, oh, like extended family is healing. People are mm. watching and healing. And um, people are reading the just, book and it's healing. Just, <laughs> it's just not being afraid to to be you and, yeah. and, and to get in a place that you're able to be true with you because you can't fix something or heal something if you can't address what the problem is, whether somebody agrees with it or not. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not even what really happened, but in, but you have to work through why they thought it happened that way, right? So that's where you got to start. Yeah. And then, yeah. then you might get to other places and, 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 you know, other things might unfold, but you've got to unlock that. Like, you know, why do you feel that way? Why do you, it's, it's asking questions and learning how not to interrupt when somebody's talking, because that's what you want to do. Because in your heart, you're like, okay, that's not how that, oh, no, that's not, yeah, that's, that's, that's a hard said. part. That's not how that happened. <laughs> but if you truly want healing and, you know, and I love my kids and I know everybody loves their kids as yeah. well as it is to just listen. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that's what they want. They just want you to listen. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're right. That is the hard part of listening and not responding in that moment. I think that's just a hard part of communication period. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know that we'll ever have it perfected. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to interrupt them sometimes when I say stuff. Yeah. It means I'm not perfect. I am just yeah. saying in things that I have been through when I have used that technique and worked, it, it did wonders. It worked. It definitely worked. But is it easy? Absolutely not. Was the plan always to have the kids a part of the book or is it something that you kind of discovered along the way that it would have been like a good, something that would have been a good piece to it? It wasn't a plan. And, you know, again, this book is just very little pieces of topics to get people talking. So when I go places to speak, I can bring a lot more to yeah. the book and, and different stories behind things. But, you know, my kids are a big part of my journey. And I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, when I'm speaking places... I think it could be very powerful being on stage speaking. There's so many blended families nowadays. There's so yeah. many people that have, and my kids have been through that and the ups and the downs and the drugs and the this mm-hmm. and, 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 and not always like my daughters didn't get into drugs. They did things, but then they had self-esteem. There's just a lot. So when you yeah. know that, Oh my goodness, it's possible. And how do you do that? And you have your story. It's, you know, I let them say whatever they wanted and I didn't change it. So whatever they wanted to say in my book, I said, this is you talking. This is your moment. If you, in, if you want to say something or share how you felt about it, um, you know, this is for you to say what you yeah. want to say. So yeah, that's why I just put it in there because it was their, their take on it. Yeah. So does each chapter in the book represents a part of your healing journey or is yeah. each chapter more so like, Hey, it's, this is a part of the book that I think will really resonate with people. So I wrote, the, so the first four chapters, mm-hmm. I would say are, if somebody's wanting to heal, these are four topics that I want them to think about, read about, and there's a notes chapter behind each chapter for them to take their notes on. Mm-hmm. You know, chapter one, I had a vision. You could say it's from God. Yeah, I had a vision. I was driving yeah. up my neighborhood and it just, it's never happened before. 
Mm-hmm. It only happened once, but it was something like I never experienced. Wow. And, it, and I started recording it because I didn't want to forget what I was saying. And it was like, Valerie, your entire life, you have been in charge of when you're going to soar in life and go the places you want to go. Mm-hmm. But you've chosen to hang on to all the baggage in your past. You have chosen to hang on to wanting resolve from things and wanting to know why and in the hurt and yeah. good person and they cheated and they lied and, and and this girlfriend walked out and this and and, and you've held on to all of it. Mm-hmm. And all of that sounds heavy when I'm talking to you, right? So imagine you're you're carrying it. It's heavy. I'm heavy. Yeah, I'm weighed down. True. I'm heavy. And so I'm not showing up as my true authentic self anywhere. I'm heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm, I can't. I'm so heavy. So and it said, now that you begin to heal and address one at a time, you've been throwing these bags out. Now your airplane is not weighed down. So mm-hmm. now you're going to soar to places you never thought possible because you don't have that extra baggage and that heavy weight. And so I correlate that to I had to forgive others and I had to forgive yeah. myself. Forgiving myself was very hard and I did not realize that until I saw all the damage I've done to my kids and all mm-hmm. they went through because of me and having yeah. to go back and 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 try to undo some things and have them forgive you and see that they've had to go through a lot because of my decisions. Yeah. I had a lot of tears over that with my kids, but I, I had to let all that go. And I promised my kids, you know, from this day forward, things will be different. I can't change or fix, but I apologize for all of it. And um, yeah. then my next chapter was, cause then where do you go once you apologize? Like, okay, yeah. I go? Well, I need to know me. And I need, I need to find self-love. I need, I need to get to know who I am. I need to take the time to invest in, okay, we have this person here. Who am I? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What, you know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What are my hobbies? You know, just trying to figure me out. And that was a process. So I talk about self-love and the importance of it. And then I talk about the next chapter is this little voice in our head that wants to talk. You know, you, yeah. you, can, you can never have that. No, nobody in your family has a house like that or drives a car like that. Who do you think you are? Like you're, you don't have the education to, to have that kind of business. And, yeah. you know, and, and, and you're, you're, you're too old to do that. Or you're too, you, you just have those voices. And mm-hmm. so I call, those are called limiting beliefs. So we yeah. have to crush the limiting beliefs, replace them with positive, uplifting affirmations of mm. where we're going. Cause we're, we're doing a 180 turnaround here. So yeah. things get stuck in our subconscious. So like your subconscious knows how to, if I say, go out, get in your car and drive to McDonald's and come back. Okay. You're just going to go. You're going to come back. Yeah. You, you didn't think about like, oh, my right hand has to go up to open this doorknob and I have to go this and do the steering wheel. You you know, it's all in your subconscious. It's all programmed there. Yeah. You, that's So when we're programmed with nothing but negativity, that's all we know. That's all we know. Yeah, that's true. So how do you, how do you unprogram that? Like you could, you could have something that somebody told you as a child and to this day, it still sticks with you. Oh yeah. I have a few and, of those. And, <laughs> but, but, but those were yeah. just somebody's words. Yeah. But so, so words are powerful is what I'm saying. Words are powerful. They're more powerful than we give them credit for. Mm-hmm. And so are positive words. And it takes a lot more positive words than negative to overcome that hurdle. So I'm a big believer in speaking it out loud. I get up every morning. I have my time. And I, in the beginning, because for 22 years, I was told by men that I was less than, I was ugly. Every other girl mm-hmm. was pretty. They'd pinch my fat. They would tell me, I, I just had zero self-esteem. Yeah. So when I started, my, my life coach wanted me to say, I am beautiful. I'm like, say what? Like, <laughs> I can't say that. And it's funny because a lot of women I talk to literally cannot say that. Yeah. I say, say I'm beautiful. And they just look at me. You're, you're serious? I'm like, yeah, say I'm beautiful. I want to hear how you say it. No. You know, it's really yeah. interesting. And, then, and so when I would say it, I'd be like, I am be- be- beautiful. Like I couldn't even say it. Like, you, like, it's like, you're like, okay, what's wrong with you? Like, I, I so did not believe it. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. I'm saying the worst lie in my life. And you're making me say this. It's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Took me about four years of saying it. And so I'm eight years in now. Now I can look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful. Yes. Because I know that beauty begins within. I know what I bring to the world. It, it, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily physical beauty. It's like, mm-hmm. I am a beautiful person. I love, mm-hmm. I care. I love all people, all back, backgrounds, all ethnic groups, everything. Like I love mm-hmm. big, like I, that's just who I am. Yeah. And so I'm able to say now I am beautiful and, and I can say things, but as you grow on your journey, when I tell people to say these affirmations and they really don't want to say them, 
in time when you start believing them, it's really interesting. That's when the subconscious starts getting really programmed and pretty soon you'll start believing it. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's a process because it took a long time to program your subconscious certain things. So now when I talk in my book about letting those limiting beliefs change them, we have to change them with positive affirmations. You know, I am beautiful. I am successful. I am motivated. I am organized. I mean, all yes. the things that you want to be. So you speak them out. And then number four was um, walls. Like mm-hmm. I had walls up above walls. Like nobody was going to get close. And I don't even think the people I was married to, I let get very close. If I look back on it and be honest, because mm-hmm. there's always a sense of you can get so close, but not, not too close. Ways. Yeah. And I had walls around walls around walls. And I put walls up because I was vulnerable. And by being vulnerable, I got hurt. Mm. You know, we put ourselves out there and we're vulnerable and we do nice things for people and we love big and we do big. And then it just blows up in your face and you're like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. I'm doing that again. Like, yeah. And then the wall goes up and then that just hurts the next person that comes in your life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, just blow walls up. And to have success in love, you have to be vulnerable. You're not going to have it without it. It's impossible. That's and true. So that, that chapter I talk about. Yes, for all those years, I kept the bad out for the most part after I still had things up, but I kept a lot out. But what good did I also keep out? You know, what people mm-hmm. needed to be in my life and weren't because I'm showing up heavy and in the back of the room at a networking event, not talking and sulking and like mm-hmm. you know, participating and I'm there and, you know, nobody really wants to be around me and I guess they just don't like me. And yeah, and, and so I'm not attracting who I needed to attract had I showed up my authentic self and I participate and I meet people and I engage and, and then, you know, opportunities come to our life and we meet people and we're networking. And so I really realized that, you know, yeah, we think we're being safe having these walls up, but really how safe are we being? Because life is magical when you can let those walls down and you can get out of your comfort zone and you are so strong in your skin that if somebody hurts you, 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 you love yourself so much that you're, yes, it hurts and it stings. I'm not going to say it doesn't. You have to, you know, heal from it, but you yeah. bounce back really quick because you understand that, you know, they're not your source. They're not your happiness. Yep. They're not your, your everything. So that's the main four things that I really talk about in the first part of the book. And then I wrote a goal setting formula because I have ADD. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, well, how am I going to reach my goals? Because I'm all over the place trying to do 25 things at one time. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> And, you know, and then, and then I let my kids talk and I gave the, um, the 30 day. Yeah. 30, that's all the challenge. Yeah. You know, what? as a life coach, what do you think the hardest part is when it comes to, um, getting people, I guess, out of their own way? Is it, is it them letting go of the baggage? Is it them, um, being more, you know, doing those positive affirmation, thinking more positive because our mindset and we know the negative mindset can really, like I said, if it's something you've been telling yourself all these years, something you've been doing for 30 years, it's so hard to switch that. So what do you think is like one of the biggest things that most people, it's challenging for most people when you're coming in contact with them? I would say the number one thing is believing in yourself. Oh yeah. Because if somebody can really truly, honestly believe in themselves, yeah, they can accomplish anything. I mean, really, you can because you you know you can do it. Yeah. But when you have self doubt and you're not walking in self confidence, and again, that ties with self love because if you don't have self love, you're not going to have self confidence. Like it, mm-hmm. it it goes together, right? So I was just going to ask you, of, how do you get to that self confidence? It's kind of it's kind of a package deal, and so yeah. it's a baby step. So first, it's self love. You're finding yourself things that mm-hmm. you like, you don't like, taking care of you. Like you know, Valentine's Day is coming, and people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I wish I had a Valentine. I love myself. So I have myself a massage book. That's my Valentine's Day present. You know, you have to take care of yourself. You have to do yeah. things for you. And, um, and when you, when you start doing things for you, then you're like, then when little projects come, you're like, Oh, I can do that. And you get it done. It builds your confidence. So actions equal progress. So mm-hmm. when you have the right actions and you're doing the right actions, you're going to see progress. Well, then mm. when you see the progress, it progress equals happiness, equals self-confidence. It equals, I did that as yeah. small as it is, as small as it is, it could be the smallest thing. But when you can get somebody starting out coaching them, depending where they're at, if you can get them to have a few wins under their belt on, on something, on some level of something where they feel like, oh, I did that. Mm-hmm. It just helps them to realize, you know, I can't do this. And then you just, you, you, then you do bigger challenges, bigger things, bigger things, you know, you keep growing until you're like, wow. I can do anything. 
It's like, yeah. yes, you can, but they had to believe it. So it doesn't just start off overnight where you wake up and say, I believe in myself. I can go do all this. <laughs> yeah. It's a process. And, <laughs> and that's why I think, you know, life coaching is important. And anybody that wants a life coach, I do recommend that you, most life coaches do a free initial conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important because we don't always connect with everybody. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's real important when, when somebody does want to look for a life coach that you even ask a few, even call a few. There's no, you know, there's no harm in calling a few and talking to them and then see who you feel like you would work the best with. Do you think there's a point in a person's life where you feel like, hey, at this point, you know, you're going through a lot, you might need a life coach to talk to or you might need a a therapist or something do you think there's a point in people lives where they need to recognize like okay maybe i'm at a place where because i know in my life sometimes i feel like i get to a place where okay how do i go further how do i always call it like how do i break through that glass ceiling you know yes. me and my friends we talk about this a lot where we get to we do such great things and then all of a sudden it just kind of stops there and we don't know how to break through that glass yeah. ceiling and yeah. it's like is that when i should be saying to myself okay shawnee you need to get a life coach in your life to help you because there's a blocker somewhere. There's in terms always of growing. So maximizing life is living level to level, as I said. Mm-hmm. So like you're saying, we get to one level and maybe that first level and someone's income is getting to 50,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're stuck there. Okay. Why can't I get to 75? I got to 50. Yeah. And then they get some coaching and then now they get to 75 and now oh, I'm stuck again. Or okay, yeah. weight loss. Okay. I lost 10 pounds. I was so excited. I got it. Oh yeah. Pounds. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't, I can't get to 20. So whatever it is, you know, yeah, you're going to always hit those ceilings and, and there's, there's a million different kind of life coaches out there. So yeah, I, I know my skills and I know where I'm at, but I also know that I'm not the top of the top of the top. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like be arrogant like that. So I know if I wanted a business coach who is making multi, multi millions of dollars, cause that's like where I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. if somebody came to me, and they were like way ahead of my ability that I'm going to tell them, okay, well, you need to look for a coach who's already done these things. Mm, and okay. you see what I'm saying? So there's, yeah. there's all different levels of life coach, all different. Um, so a life coach is not just a life coach. What I'm saying there's business yeah. coaches, relationship coaches, even though I could do all of that, but I can do all of that at a certain level. Yeah. Now yeah. when it comes to helping somebody unleash their inner superhero, find their authentic self, I feel like from my journey, I am right up there at the top. Yeah. But if somebody's coming to me for other things, like, you know, I've hit a million dollars in sales for the last few years and I'm trying to get to five million. I'd be like, okay, I'm not your person for that. Right mm-hmm. now I'm still working on my stuff. Mm-hmm. I would refer them to someone who has more experience with that to get them. Yeah. In. You know, the whole thing about being authentic, I think that's like one of the things that most of us struggle with is being authentic sales or either showing people our authentic sales because we're so afraid, I guess, I think it's the judgment that we are mm-hmm. afraid of mm-hmm. that if we truly are just bear down and strip and let people it's like bear down and standing in front of your spouse <laughs> naked and feeling comfortable and you right. saying to yourself um right. <laughs> i hope he likes what he sees i think <laughs> yep. that's what is that and it's that fear of us just saying <laughs> of showing people our authentic selves it's that's it's so you'll, hard you'll draw the right people into your life when you do that yeah so you have to be okay with some people leaving because I don't know about you, but I love authentic people. Even if I, I too. Not, even if I don't necessarily agree with their lifestyle, what they're doing, I have several yep. friends. I don't mm-hmm. agree necessarily with their lifestyle. Like I wouldn't, but I love them. They're my friends. We can mm-hmm. agree disagree on some things, but I just am so. Um, I just love and respect that they have found their true self and they're living yeah. their best life. And there's just something about that that just shines. You know, it's like it yeah, shines. It does. Diamond in your. <laughs> So like, it's like every single day, my goal is to be my authentic self, be true to me and in the right people and the right things will follow my path. Yeah. This, you know what, this conversation was so good, Valerie. I'm so grateful that you came on the show and I love the book. Like I said, it's available. I know it's available on Amazon. I know it's available on Audible. Is there a physical like bookstore, any other place that it's available you want to tell us about? It's it's self-published. So I just have it online. Oh, great. Okay. So that makes it way more easier to get to, (laughs) (laughs) but it is a great read. Definitely. You guys, if you're going to definitely go out and look for something that want to lift your spirits and put you in the right mindset and put you on the right path of unleashing that inner superhero of yours, make sure you pick up the book maximizing life by Valerie Maxim. It is a great read. I myself read it over the weekend and I'm definitely going to send it out to other friends because I think it's something that we all can benefit from. 
So I want to thank you once again for coming on the show, telling us your story. Very inspiring. I'm going to tell you that you are a very inspiring woman overall. You know, we, I didn't even get it even to ask you about the bodybuilding <laughs> part because I'm like, that's super amazing too. <laughs> like you seem like you've done a lot and I think you, you're a great person. And I thank you again for coming on the show. I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast and we will see you guys next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.